0: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal.
1: Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I am Elliot Harris, and we have a great show today, if I may say so, mostly because David did most of the work. He has a couple of great interviews with two pro football Hall of Famers, Dan Fouts, the former San Diego Chargers quarterback, and Thurman Thomas, the former Buffalo Bills running back. First up, Thurman Thomas.
0: I see you got a couple of things coming up. you are be coming to Chicago in June in a golf outing, then you got an event at the Hall of Fame coming up. Yeah, uh, getting pretty busy, you know, uh,
1: obviously, uh, coming to Chicago, uh, to pay, uh, tribute to, uh, you know, the greatness uh, of Walter Payton, uh, down there and, uh, Fan Fest down in Canton, Ohio with a bunch of other Hall of Famers, which is always great to, uh, to attend and it's always great to go to, uh, try to get back to the Hall of Fame at least once or twice a year. Uh, especially, uh, you know, this year with the induction of uh, Andre Reed into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, just the weather's clearing up. Uh, hopefully, we'll throw throwing a couple of more golf tournaments there too.
0: There's another one in Chicago the week following in June. Joe DeWine is having one.
1: Really didn't know about that. I'm sure uh, Joe D is always a guy who's always kept me in the mix of things and uh, always uh, just a great guy to do things for and. Uh, I'm sure in the next couple of days or weeks or whatever leading up to it, I'm sure I get an email or a call from, from Jody. Uh, always a great guy to, to uh, talk to and be around and, uh, you know, he's always doing great things for the community and, and outside of football. So, uh, just a great, awesome guy and, uh, just glad that he was a Buffalo Bill and went into the Hall of Fame as a Buffalo Bill.
0: Oh, no, he's a great guy. It's for the orphanage, that Chinsky one that he rode his bike from Michigan. Yeah. To, uh, <laughs> he didn't recruit you to make that bike ride? No, he
1: didn't recruit me to make the bike ride. I said, Joe Yo, D, uh, you know, for for a guy his age, you know, he's in really great shape. I, I think he told me the last time I saw him that, you know, he's probably in better shape now than he was probably playing pro football just because of all the things that he does right now. And, uh, but, uh yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do something for Jody, but just not something like a, a long walk uh, from Ralph Wilson to, to Canton,
0: Ohio, or you know, a bike ride from Michigan to Mexico. I'm not doing anything like that. He said he never rode a bike before that. That was the first time he was ever on a bicycle.
1: <laughs> well, that's typical Jody. If he hasn't done it before, he will try and attempt to do it the first time, and I'm sure uh anything that he's done in life you know he succeeded at and uh that was one of the things that I know that he wanted to do cuz I talked to him about that and uh just uh, proud to know
0: him and proud to know his family just don't mention the size of his head he hates it he goes my head wasn't as big as OJ's <laughs> <laughs> not at all
1: <laughs> how
0: did you end up going to uh Oklahoma State for college well
1: uh i was uh growing up in texas uh you know a lot of people probably thought that you know, I mean, I wanted to go to University of Texas or you know, uh, Texas A and M University, but uh, at the time, uh, Fred Akers was was a head coach. And uh, when I walked into his um, office and we got to talking, and then, you know he said the exact words, uh, you know we're we're all set at the running back position. We would love for you to play defensive back. And I knew it, being five nine and a half, there was no way that I was going to play defensive back. Um, and so I left that meeting scratching my head because you know my idol Earl Campbell uh, went to University of Texas and, and followed him, you know, throughout my years in high school and junior high. And uh, so I went to University of Texas and then. University next and Jackie Sherrill was the head coach and I'm like, well oh, this this is, this got to be the place since Texas is not the place and same thing, you know um, you know, he wanted me to play defensive back and I was like i got to go somewhere where somebody wants me to play running back and got a call from uh, Jimmy Johnson asked for, for me to take a visit and I went down there and, and Jimmy said to me, you know I, I heard that um, Texas and Texas A&M want you to play defensive back, well I tell you what if you come here, you're going to be six in line uh, at the running back position, and it's up to you to work your way up. And I said, Coach, you got a deal. I'm coming to Oklahoma
0: State. So I called out. It happened. <laughs> Another guy who was a running back there wasn't too bad, and Barry Sanders. No, it wasn't too bad. I'm just, I'm just thankful that I was there a couple of years before he
1: was, before he got there. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, a, a great talent, Um, you know, end up winning the, the, the Heisman Trophy the year after I left. And, uh, you know, the year, the two years that I spent with Barry, you didn't really know that, you know, he was going to be that explosive. You've seen some type of, um, some type of uh, way that he ran and some excitement but you know once he broke through college and, and then all of a sudden got to the Detroit Lions uh, you know just, just burst on the scene and just had an outstanding
0: fabulous career What was your coach like?
1: Oh, he was great. Uh, you know, even though I, I were recruited by Jimmy Johnson, uh Pat Jones ended up being uh the head coach for uh for Oklahoma State University and uh just a great guy, you know, made me uh a, a tough individual by you know, back in then it was the not the big twelve, it was the big eight. And uh, you know, we used to run up the mill the entire time, you know. I probably carried about thirty five times and 30 of it would be right up the gut between the two guards. So uh, just a tough individual. You know, I think the first thing that he said to us when we became head coach is that, uh, hey, look, we may not be the most talented uh, football team in, in the NCAA's, but we will be the in, the, the best in shape guys in the an NCAA. And we knew at that point right there, we we're going to be running our tails off. And so and he was a big proponent of uh, you know being conditioned, being conditioned for the fourth
0: quarter, and uh, you know just uh, a great guy to be around. Was the '87 Sun Bowl your favorite game in college?
1: Yeah, I I think the eighty four, um, the eighty seven some ball and uh and I think probably you know, you could probably put it one and, and one a would probably be the eighty four Peter Bowl. Um, you know, that was our first ten game uh season that Oklahoma State had ever had and uh we went down and beat South Carolina. Uh you know, we were nationally ranked. Uh, I think we finished maybe Fifth or sixth that year, uh, you know, I was a freshman at the time, had a lot of seniors and ended up getting the, you know, most valuable player. But, you know, yeah, being in the Sun Bowl, being that, being back in the state of Texas, uh, had a lot of family come down for that, uh, for that bowl game, but, uh, going against West Virginia. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I think, you know, the first Gator Bowl and, uh, and the Sun Bowl were probably, you know, right running neck and neck, you know, my favorite games ever playing in Oklahoma State uniform. Did you know that the Bills were going to draft you? No, I had no clue uh, that they were going to draft me. Uh, you know, coming into college, I, I thought maybe that, you know, I would be able to maybe go into the first round or what have you, but it uh, didn't happen for I me. Mean, went into the second round and uh, um, didn't really, you know, I. I the, Buffalo Bills running back coach Elijah Pitts came up to visit me at Oklahoma State, but so did a lot of running backs from around the league. Uh, I actually thought I was going to either the Rams uh, or the Atlanta Falcons or maybe my hometown, the Houston Oilers. So after I dropped down the second round and got to right, I guess they got rounds by pick 38. I got a call from the Buffalo Bills and they said, "Well, if they these next two picks don't." <laughs> These next two teams don't pick you. We're going to pick you at number 40. And I was like, okay, Buffalo. All right, I can understand. Okay. Uh, you know, even though I'm from the south, uh, going up, you know, to the north, uh, northeast, uh, you know, never been that far as far as Oklahoma. Should be pretty exciting, you know, going up. i will be close to the Knicks and the Yankees and everybody and, you know, got to Buffalo with just a total. Culture shock, <laughs> you know, just so far away from New York City. But I really, at that point, didn't have any idea where I was going to get drafted.
0: I think Andre Reed said it was like snowing in May sometimes when you had these mini camps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: sometimes in, in mini camp when we had it, there was snow, and, uh, and, and it was just you know flurries that would hit the ground and, and 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 go away. No, they would stick, and uh, so yeah, we've had some. Mini camps up here where, where there have been snow on the ground for a couple of days and kind of a coach shot for a lot of the young players that were drafted or free agents that would come to Buffalo and be with the entire team.
0: What was it like to play for Coach Levy?
1: Oh, it was awesome. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, uh, just a, a genuine, uh, great guy. Uh, he always loved to, uh, you know, he was a history major. Um um coming out of Cole College. So a lot of the stuff that he related to us, a lot of the stuff that he said to us was, you know, over the history, uh, of of American history. And uh so I mean he was a great guy. He, you know, Marv was you know, he let his coaches coach and and Marv was the type of guy, you know, he would come up to you after a game and, you know, tell you how great you did or how some of the things that you might need to work on. But more importantly, you know, he was a guy that always said like, Hey, you know, how's your family doing? Is your family okay? He was more concerned about, you know, how our family was, how you were doing, and how everything was going on at home. So, I mean, he was just an awesome coach and uh, a guy that deserved,
0: uh, when he went into the Hall of Fame, to go into the Hall of Fame. He said the best thing he ever did, or one of the best, was going to that no-huddle offense, and he said there was just basically a fluke because you guys were getting killed in a game and then or it was the end of the game and you went to no huddle to, to win the game and all of a sudden it worked and he said, Let's just keep trying it
1: Yeah. Uh and actually it was uh actually Jim Kelly and Ted Marshall Broder, uh, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, you know, they said, you know what, we, we work really well at the two minute offense. Why don't we try and do it for the entire game? And Marv was kinda he Marvin kind of wanted to go that way. And but um, you know, we, 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 started running it and we, we were very really effective at it. And Marv said, okay, if that's what you guys want to do, so you go ahead and do it. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we would score, you know, 30 seconds in one play or in two plays. Or sometimes we would have, you know, drives of 10 or 12 plays, but we were still continuing to run the no-huddle. So, uh, then obviously if you, if you score too quickly, uh, you know, the defense get pretty upset at you. And <laughs> there were some times where, you know, Bruce, with Bruce and Darrell and Cornelius, those guys, who said, Hey man, can y'all give us a break? Y'all scoring too fast. But, you know, that was the pace that we wanted. That was the pace that, uh, Jim Kelly, Ted Marshall, Broder, uh, all those guys liked, even offensive linemen, you know, they liked that type of up tempo, uh, offense because, you know, they knew what they were doing and the defense had to get set. You know, they had to substitute and things like that. So, but, uh, yeah, it became part of not just a two minute drill, but just the entire part of our offense.
0: Who would call the plays? Would Marshall Broder call the plays, or would Kelly have freedom to just call the plays right in the huddle? No, um, you know Jim and Marshall Broder—they worked really
1: well together throughout the week. And uh, even during the week, sometimes Jim would always call his plays. But yeah, when when we were out on the football field, it was all Jim. You know, Marshall Broder had nothing to do with what the plays that Jim called, And, and, and Jim had a great feel for hey, if we're running the ball effectively, we're going to stick with the run. If we're passing the ball effectively, we're going to stick with the pass. So, you know, Jim had a great sense of what we needed to do at certain times uh, in in our center the late – uh, Ken Hall, you know, he was a big factor in it too. And sometimes Jim would call a running play and it might be the wrong running and play. And then Kent would look back and say, no, you can't run that. You got to run something else. And, uh, and so, you know, on the offensive side, you know, we were all, we were all in that together. And, uh, but most of the time, uh, 95% of the time, Jim would call all the plays. The only time Mark Levy got to call plays were we're in short yardage or goal line situation.
0: That game against the Oilers in the playoffs. did you have any idea that you guys would come back in that game?
1: No, you know you know after being down uh, thirty five to three um you know at, at that time, at that point in time you want to Maybe score a couple of touchdowns and, and, and make the game closer, uh, get the game a, a little bit closer. But I, I know one thing, the leaders that we had on the football team, um, you know, Daryl Talley, Corneas Bennett, uh, Bruce and, uh, and Darryl got everybody together as many guys that he possibly could on the sideline and his, his, his words were when we were down 35 or three. He looked at everybody in the eye and said, "Now we got them right where we want them." And so everybody was like, "Really?" It's thirty-five to three. <laughs> and so uh, you know, we started coming back, and all of a sudden the momentum shifted. You know, the crowd got because the stadium holds eighty thousand. It was only about sixty-five thousand folks in the stadium. That that day, and uh, the crowd got really into it, people were leaving, but people were trying to get back into the stadium, and, you know, once we got that momentum, man, it was just like a, uh, man, it was uh, it was something to, to be around, uh, and uh, you can tell on the other side of the ball
0: with the Houston Auburn, they were kind of like in shock that this was happening, and uh, I was just happy to be a part of it. It had to be kind of fun to see the coaches fighting on the sidelines with Kevin Gilbert and Buddy Ryan.
1: Yeah, it was. uh you know, anytime you have Buddy Ryan or Kevin Gilbert on the side, you know, I think... More, more importantly, the one guy that, uh, you know, that I really felt sorry for, I really felt bad for was uh, Warren Moon. Warren had been a, a great friend of mine for the first couple of years uh, that I was in the league, living in living Houston. used to work out a lot together, and uh, you know, I really felt bad for him. Uh, they had an outstanding team, uh, a lot of pro bowlers, a lot of guys, uh, you know, who knew how to play the game, and, uh, and you could just see his reaction, you know, after the game. Uh, it, it looked like, you know, a lot of their players really wanted to cry and really wanted to know what happened, you know, how did we, uh, not win this football game. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was a great game for us, bad game for them, but, uh, uh, you know, um, you feel bad for those guys, uh, even though you did win the game, you feel bad for, you know, for, for them not really, uh, putting us away. And, uh, so we were able to come back and win the football game.
0: Did you have a favorite Super Bowl of the four?
1: No, not really. I, I think when, when, when you go to four, you lose four, you know, there's really no uh, favorite um, that, you, that you think about. Uh, you only think about, you know, what you could have done differently uh, to try to win one. Uh, you know, and, and that was a, that was the mindset of our, our football team. You know, we, we talked about it afterwards, after every Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, it's it just, it's just not a good feeling, you know, to have, uh, um, when you lose, not only a Super Bowl, but when you lose any game, you know, cause you try to come back the following weekend, uh, you try to correct things, but knowing that that was the last game of the season, you know, we know we, that, that we had to, um, you know, wait a full off season to come back and try to get the opportunity to come back and win one. So, uh, no, it was, uh, uh, you know, the good thing about it is that, you know, I think his teammates and as players, you know, we, we, uh, grew closer together, uh, became closer friends, uh, you know, and the atmosphere around uh, the Buffalo Bills those four years was that, you know what, well, we, we we really did care about each other and really did care about each other's family. So, I mean, you can't really say that, yeah, I was happy with this Super Bowl, even though the first one that we played in was the best game that we played. You know, it was the closest game that, uh, that we played in all four Super Bowls, you know, but, you know, eventually the Giants came out on top, uh, but anytime you lose uh, a big game like that and, and lose four in a row, obviously you're going to be hurting for not only for your teammates, your family,
0: but you're also going to be hurting for the fans of Buffalo too. You should have been the MVP in that first Super Bowl over Otis Anderson.
1: Well, you know, I, a lot of people <laughs> have said that, but you know what? Um, you know, I, I don't think that's that would have been any. Consolation to how I feel about winning the football game. Uh, sure, yeah, it might have been nice, but you know, you 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 still would have had that L next to your name, next to your uh next to your team name, you know, after the Super Bowl. So, yeah, it really. Yeah, a lot of people have told me that, but uh, you know what? If, if I'm going to take an L and uh, a loss with my team, uh, and even though I would have would have got
0: the MVP, you know, it still would have been, you know, it still would have been not a really good feeling. Everybody talks about how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. I think what you guys accomplished was four times as hard because you went there four consecutive years. No one's ever done that.
1: Yeah, you know, I man, if you look at the game today, it's so uh, it's hard to get back to back. You with the uh, with the teams that you have coming up, and I I know you know Seattle just won this past Super Bowl. You know, it's gonna be very difficult for them to get back because you know everybody's gonna be shooting for them. And uh, you know, they're playing in a tough division, you know, with you know, with the Falcons and uh San Francisco. So yeah, it's uh in New Orleans. So uh, you know, they're in a tough division. And I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of teams after them. And but I think with when you think about Seattle, you know, they're a very young football team and uh and sometimes, you know, you can probably see their effect on you know, it all depends on how Pete Carroll and all the other guys have going to be able to handle, you know, this offseason. You know, I'm a big fan of Russell Wilson, but, you know, it's like every every week I turn on, I see him doing something totally different. I'm like, dude, you need to start focusing on football right now though, because yeah, well, he's been on, you know, Leno, Letterman, I mean, he's been on every single show and uh, just doing a lot of things, but I know that goes along with uh, winning the Super Bowl and, and you being the quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team, but, uh, you know, eventually, you know, those guys are you know, they're going to have to go back to work and uh, because it's going to be a difficult season for them to come back because I think they think that, okay, you know what, we can do this again. Well, it's not going to be that easy, and I hope they know that.
0: How did you feel when you
1: went in the Hall of Fame? Well, you know, obviously um, it, it, was, um, you know, it, it was great, you know, um, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, to be in there with some of your heroes that you grew up with, to be in there with some of um, you know, guys that you watched over the years. You know, I, I get to meet Ming um, Cho Green, another hero of mine growing up. You know. Gail Sayers, you know, I mean, it's just an awesome film. Every year I try to go back. Uh, I got I got inducted in 2007, and, um, you know, I, I've only missed two years since then. and one was because of my daughter's graduating from University of Florida. But I try to go back every year. It's an exciting time to go back just to see the players, uh, see the new inductees going in. And, uh, and really my favorite part of it, is when you, you go back and you get to go to the late Nisky luncheon, uh, which is just Hall of Famers. No outsiders, no reporters, n- nobody. It's just all Hall of Famers and a couple of the guys get up and talk and, uh, is, is led by, uh, the great linebacker Willie Lanier from the Kansas City Chiefs and does a great job of organizing everything and, uh, you know, we sit in that room for about two and a half hours and, and just talk football and, uh, and, and really welcome the guys who are going in that year. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to always to go back to, uh, to, to see the guys that you grew up idolizing, guys that you grew up watching
0: on TV. What was your owner, Ralph Wilson, like? Oh, he
1: was great. Um, you know, uh, let me talk about an owner who loved football, who knew football, who, was always a guy who knew stats. He knew who, you know, about the weather, whether we were playing, the history of other teams. Uh, just a great guy. Uh, you know, guy who traveled with us, uh, uh, back in the early 80s, uh, well, late 80s and, and, and throughout the 90s, he traveled with us. He met us on the road. You know, he would come down from Detroit. Thursday or Friday and spend, you know, nights, you know, with the team at the hotel, uh, and always, always congratulating us, no matter whether we win or lose it. I know I can remember like after every Super Bowl, uh, you know, he would come in, he would shake everybody's hand and, uh, you know, I got to know Ralph really well, but got to know some of the players really well too. And they would be like, you know, Mr. Wilson just came up to me and said, you know, Hey, great game! We wouldn't have got here without you. And then you realize, you know, he told almost every single player um, on that football squad whether it was a play that happened throughout the year that changed the game or that made an impact on the game. You know, he would sometimes relate that stories to the to the players after the Super Bowl. But every player, you know, he wanted to he wanted to make sure that he. That uh, that we knew that uh, that he was behind us, and uh, just a great honor to be to be around.
0: It's sad what's going on with Jim Kelly now. He's such a great guy, did so much for the community. He's been through so much in life, losing his son. I mean, I just hope he pulls through yeah. it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm actually going to see Jim, um, and uh, yeah, it's been a tough road for us. Uh, like, like I said, obviously with uh owner Mr. Wilson passing yesterday um and you know Jim in in for a fight of his life with cancer uh yeah it's been a tough week for the for the Buffalo Bills fans and the organization uh but you know like you say you know with Jim losing you know his son um, You know, his mom, when when I first came into the league, got a chance to meet her. And, uh, yeah, it's been been a uh, difficult, you know, I guess two weeks almost now for Buffalo Bills fans, you know, his family, our family. Uh, so, uh, but w- you know what? Just like in those Super Bowls, man, we uh, we, we get knocked down, we get right back up because the one thing that we've always told ourselves and told each other is that we're going to fight to to the fourth quarter until that
0: until that clock says zero, we're going to continue to fight, and uh, that's exactly what Jim is going to do. I read that story that his wife posted about the flowers, where he brought his flowers to another room to a guy, and the guy ended up telling his priest, and it was just so touching because. Jim wasn't thinking about himself. He's always thinking about somebody else. Yeah, and that's been Jim his entire life. I mean, if you, you know, you you come around the
1: Buffalo area, go anywhere, you know, you know, Jim is the one that really revived this community with him coming to Buffalo after he left the USFL for a couple of years and come back here to Buffalo and you know what, he gave the city hope and he and he one of the things that he wanted to do was he wanted to leave his mark. He he wanted to leave his mark and and by doing that, uh, you know, he had his foundation. Uh he had I think his golf tournament is going on this twenty seventh year. Uh, here in Buffalo. And so, yeah, he's definitely made an impact, you know, um, not only for Buffalo Bills fans, but really around the community because he, he considered himself, even though he was born in Pennsylvania, he considered himself a Buffalonian. And, uh, you know, and I live back here in the Buffalo area too, but, uh, you know, the leader of this community, the leader of this city is, is Jim Kelly. And, uh, we're all playing for him and
0: all hoping that, uh, he can recover from this. He's the only guy, you know, who could take a binder clip and turn it into a million dollar company. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah he's done that, and uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he showed me the idea uh, right when he was getting ready to uh, take it to somebody to to see what they can do with it, and uh, yeah, I mean just, but, but but Jim has always been that that way, you know. Jim has always been. I said, you know what? It's not about me making the money. It's about me. You know, doing things, uh, making something that people will like, people will appreciate, and but also with that, you know, he's given a lot of the money that he makes to foundations around around the city of Buffalo, and I, and I think that's the one thing that you know so many people love about Jim is that you know he he is doing whatever he can to make other people's lives a lot better, and, uh, and you know what, when we have when you have a guy like that, you know why. Why wouldn't you want to follow him? And uh like I say he's he's been a leader for a long time and he's gonna to continue to be a leader too.
0: And 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 Bruce Smith has been very successful with the development and you also with you got Thurman Thomas Sports, you got the cigar company, the football team, the energy yeah, company. I'm,
1: yeah, I, I I've been pretty busy. Uh you know, I have gotten really out of a couple of those things. Um, i you know, uh really spending my time a little bit more with my family you know, I got a son who's very talented athlete and we spend a lot of time with him. So, you know, basically, basically what I'm doing now is just, uh, you know, I do a little work for the bills, uh, throughout the football season. Uh, and I work for an energy company and, uh, and so I just, um, recently, you know, got into the telecommunication business. So, uh, you know what? It is it's something I've been doing all my life. I love the work. I love to meet people. I love to, uh, get out and have conversations with, you know just about anybody that want to talk about anything you know I think I'm real very knowledgeable on a lot of different things, but also on the flip side of that, if I don't know something, I'm always willing to sit down and listen and to uh to try to uh, get a grasp of it.
0: Is it true that Bruce Smith is the one who hid your helmet that, like you said in his induction speech? No, we, I still don't know who did that. No, I don't <laughs> think Bruce. I don't think Bruce knew what the helmet. I think Bruce knew what the <laughs> <hell my> was. <laughs> we'll blame it on the Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Hope you enjoyed that
1: interview that David had with Thurman Thomas. After a brief break, we will be back with Dan Fouts. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone dot com.